The text for today is a reading from Romans chapter 1. In this reading we hear Paul's greeting in the name of Jesus. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power, according to the spirit of holiness, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. This reading is from Paul's letter to the Romans. And um, it's written um, to a church that Paul never visited. Uh, his, um, his plan was, that he wrote this to, on the way to, uh, from, from Corinth. And his plan was that he was going to go from Corinth, he was going to go to Jerusalem because they had collected some money for the church in Jerusalem that was having a hard time And then he was going to go from Jerusalem, he was going to go to Rome, and from there he was going to go to Spain. But he he took this collection and he went to Jerusalem, but he got arrested there. I've never been arrested for Jesus. You know I want to do that, don't you? Maybe before I die. So he went to Rome, but he went to Rome in, in chains as a prisoner. And this is the letter that he sent to Rome. It's a letter of to introduce himself. Now, it begins with the word Paul. You know, when we write a letter, you put your name at the end. You never know who the letter is from until you finish it. This is a lot smarter, isn't it? <laughs> Paul. And then his credentials. A servant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. He has some credentials. This is what he's about. And uh, let's go to the next slide. Notice here he talks about the resurrection of Jesus. That's central. And then in verse 5, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about, and these words, the obedience of faith. (coughs) To bring about the obedience of faith. And if you go to the end of the book of Romans, the very last paragraph, the same words are there, the obedience of faith. And for me, The book of Romans is written in such a way that everything that he writes is within the parentheses to bring about the obedience of faith. Now, obedience is not a word that's very popular, is it? Um, When I was a teenager, I worked for a lady who taught obedience to her dogs. And she got obedience in one of two ways. Either she gave them treats, or she gave a good yank on a choke chain. And she got obedience. Parents oftentimes try to get obedience from their kids by saying, now you're going to obey me. How successful is that strategy, by the way? (laughs) It never works. You think someone will get the idea that you're not going to get obedience by saying you're going to obey me. Well, here in the Christian faith, there is the obedience of faith. That is to say, the Christian faith. The faith we have in Jesus Christ, 
leads to obedience to God. Now, mostly we think about this obedience in terms of morality. Our morals and our values and our standards and how we conduct ourselves, and no doubt that's right. Because most of the people who joined the church, especially in Rome, didn't come from a Jewish background. At least the Jews had some kind of law. They had the Ten Commandments. But the Gentiles didn't have much of that. And they had to be taught how one lives as a Christian to bring about the obedience of faith. And that was the primary goal of, of the teachings of Jesus, is to bring us to the faith that we have in Jesus affects how we live our lives. But there's another side to obedience that came to my mind, and I want to share that with you today. And that is the idea that obedience includes taking a risk. Faith. Faith, after all, is not sight. To act in faith involves a certain amount of risk. And I think our Christian faith calls us to, to take risks for Jesus. I think about Abraham 4,000 years ago. God told him to go south, go to the Holy Land. And um, so um, Abraham had his rent-a-camel. <laughs> and he had all his stuff on the camel. And as we were leaving town, the neighbor said, well, where are you going? And he said, I don't know. God said to go, so I'm going. He took a risk. And God led him to where he should be. The story of Joseph. Joseph is engaged to Mary, and um, she's pregnant. And it's not his baby. It would have been bad enough if it had been his baby, but it wasn't his baby. And so Joseph decided to divorce her quietly. He was a nice guy. And then the angel came and said, Joseph, do not be afraid to take her to be your wife because what's conceived in her is, is from the Holy Spirit. How do you think that went over with his parents? <laughs> oh, yeah, Mom, she's pregnant, but she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't know that that's going to go over. And in obedience, in obedience, Joseph took a risk. And the risk meant that he could be the father of the Savior. Two weeks ago, we had the healing service here. And that was a risk. As I've told you before, that uh, I've done that a number of times in the churches that I've served. But the first time was really a risk. I had more doubt than I had faith. You know, what if nobody comes up? What if nothing happens? What if I look like a jerk? That could happen. But after the first one, I discovered that God, God is faithful. And that if you give God a chance, God will do all kinds of wonderful stuff. There's a car dealer up in Bentonville. I've forgotten his name now, but his slogan is, Try me. You ever see him on TV? Just try me. <laughs> see, he wants to sell you a car, but he wants the chance. And when we take risks in our Christian faith, you give God a chance. And the healing service was an opportunity to give God a chance. Now, it was risky to come up, wasn't it, those of you who came up? It was risky. You wonder, what are people going to think about me? They're going to wonder about me. Maybe they're going to ask me why I came up. Of course, it was none of their business. 
it was a risk to come up. I have a report from the healing service two weeks ago. Um, one of the ladies that, from our church came forward and she asked for prayers for a friend. This lady had been married for 60 years, for the last three years, had been ill on and off and was not doing well. So she came forward, we laid hands on her for prayers for this lady, and as she was leaving the church right out there, her phone rang. And it was the husband of this woman. And he was calling to give her a report about how his wife was doing. And he said, well, where are you? And she said, well, I'm just leaving church. So he said, well, I'll call you back. And he called back on Tuesday night. And he said, you know, on Sunday morning, she perked up and she was really wide awake and interacting with the nurses. And they talked with each other to figure out exactly what had happened. And it happened when we were praying for her. Now, the lady who told me this story won't tell it to you because every time she starts, she gets tears in her eyes. But the fact of the matter is that when you give God a chance, God does wonderful things. So out of that service, a life was touched across the distances. Not only the sick person, but the person who came for prayer. And if that was the only healing that took place that day, that was enough. That one life was touched. Uh, another risk we have to take is the risk of giving witness. Giving a clear, consistent witness to people. And especially to family members, because that's really hard. It's hard to witness to your family. It's hard to witness to anybody. We have a friend. Uh, he has a son, and his son, about Mike's age. And this son has multiple sclerosis. And um, it's so bad now that this young man is on Social Security. He's on disability. He can hardly walk. Uh, and uh, life is pretty tough for him. I had him in confirmation class. I've known this family for 35 years. And uh, he wrote on Facebook, I am extremely disappointed in Christmas. And you can understand that. Now, how does a father respond to that? Yeah. Oh, my poor boy. Oh, I'm so sorry for you. Just suck it up. There are all kinds of ways to respond to that. But here's what this father responded. It's Christmas. The birth of our Savior Jesus Christ who was born to save us from all of our sins. We rejoice in that and celebrate his birth. Nothing else matters. Believe in him and you will be saved. Amen. Now, how many among you here would write that to one of your children? To give that kind of a clear, ringing Christian testimony through a son who was suffering from multiple sclerosis. It's Christmas, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who was born to save us from all of our sins. We rejoice in that and celebrate his birth. Nothing else matters. Believe in him and you will be saved. Amen. 
And the son wrote back, my goodness, dad, okay. I will. God bless you. A risk was taken. And a life was touched. See, the obedience of faith includes taking risks for the kingdom of God and giving God a chance. If you don't give him a chance, he's not going to do stuff. Another area where this is important is in tithing. Now, I know that the pledging thing is over. So this is not about that at all, right? i just say that in advance. Tithing is an act of faith. And one of the great reasons against tithing is, but I can't afford it. I can't afford it. Well, as I said in my stewardship sermon, it's not your stuff anyway. Everything we have is stuff we manage for God. It's God's stuff, we manage it. And our Heavenly Father seeks a decent return for what He puts into our hands. I never met anybody go broke tithing. I've seen people go broke giving 2%. But I've never met anybody go broke tithing. But tithing is a risk. Because we think, well, I have to examine everything. No, you don't. You just have to give God a chance. How many of you are raiders on a farm? Anybody? Any? All right. You know a corn scoop? No, corn scoop is a pretty, pretty big scoop, right? Well, here's how tithing works. I scoop into God's bin. And God scoops into my bin. And God has a bigger scoop. <laughs> but you have to give him a chance to scoop. The obedience of faith. Yes, it's about morals and values and ethics and standards. Yes, it's about all of that. But it's also about taking risks. Taking risks for the kingdom. Sharing your faith with somebody. Letting your light shine where you've not let it shine before. And this week I would challenge you to look for a place where you can take a risk for Jesus Christ. Amen.